I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. <laughs> Jessica, uh, it was a double holiday weekend. It was? Oh, yes. Yes, yes it, was. it was. I just didn't of have today off. Yeah, neither did I. It. It's not fully integrated yet, uh, Juneteenth here, uh, but it has been marked as a federal holiday here in the States. So I know my brother had it off. So mm-hmm. bank lucky for bank him. holiday. Bank holiday, exactly. So I was stuck working. I'm guessing you were stuck I working. I was working. Yep. Uh also this was Father's Day weekend. It was. How'd you like Father's Day? Was it nice? Father's Day was nice. Got yes. to see my dad. We we went to church and then we had lunch afterwards. Nice. So a nice relaxing time with my dad. How about you? Know, you? It was the same for me, actually, <laughs> except we had brunch um, after church. Mm. Yes, brunch. Brunch. And Very, then pool. We spent great. the weekend in the pool. Oh, see, that's really nice. Oh, it was lovely. You know, I need to start taking advantage of my pool a lot more. You do, because you have a pool. I barely, yeah, I know. I think more most people, like, if they were to hear this and they're like, they don't have a pool, they'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you not? Yeah. Why are you not utilizing your pool? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's truth. So, <laughs> All right. So uh, today uh, we are going to talk about a movie where there is some father-son implications. So, uh, True. Uh, true. There is. Uh, but before we get into that movie, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, the best way to be a fan is to become a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And shout out to our patrons, Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, Alana, Grace, Lorna, Lee, Sammy, and Kate. Caitlin, love you guys. Hey. Thank you guys for showing so much support to us. We really appreciate it. Uh, So today we are talking about the latest movie in the DC universe that is at the same time it's like going away, but at the same time it's rebooting and they have no idea what to do. So that latest movie that we're going to talk about is The Flash. That is one of DC's members of the Justice League. So he does have an important role uh but how important and how big that role is and how much we care we will talk about in just a second jessica what is this movie about the imdb synopsis reads barry allen uses his super speed to change the past but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes forcing him to race for his life in in order to save the future sorry you gotta love these puns the puns always get me because i don't read them beforehand i just read them on the pod yeah, I know, they right? They hit me, yeah. Uh, so this movie is directed by Andy Machete, and it's written by Christina Hodson and Joby Harold. Joby, back-to-back weeks, featured on our podcast because he was a co-writer on Rise of the Beast last week. So check out that Does episode. Does that explain Trans- a lot? Or Hey, <laughs> we're having fun. All right, so <laughs> on in this movie, we have Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller is reprising their role as Barry Allen slash The Flash. Uh, also in this movie, we have 
Ben Affleck as Batman, Michael Keaton as Batman. <laughs> uh, also, we have uh, Sasha Calle, who plays Supergirl. We have a returning Michael Zod, or I'm sorry, Michael Shannon playing General Zod. Uh, also filling out the cast, we have uh, Kersey Clemens as Iris West, Ron Livingston as Henry Allen, Jeremy Irons coming back as Alfred, and two more names real quick just to round out this cast. Uh, Maribel Verdu plays Nora Allen, and finally Sersha Monica Jackson is in the cast as Patty Spivett in a small role. I call that out because you're a big fan of Dairy Girls. I am. Yes. I freaking so. love Dairy Girls. Dairy girls. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the cast. There's more in the cast, but I don't want to say anything before we get into spoilers. spoilers. Okay. Exactly. So, Jessica, how did this do at the box office this weekend? Well, I saw some headlines saying it didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do. The box office numbers are $55.1 million opening weekend domestic and $130 million worldwide since opening. That's that's pretty disappointing if you look at some other numbers this just this summer and with the whole dc movies the dceu is not looking so good with these numbers not great bob not great (laughs) no not at all so uh not exactly the way that dc wants to end their just to kind of explain it for people they are kind of putting a kibosh on the DC properties that we've seen lately, like Wonder Woman and Man of Steel and Ben Affleck Batman and Barry Allen The Flash, played by Ezra Miller. They're putting the end to that, kind of ending the Snyderverse, cutting ties, and starting over completely. Kind of. Because they've already announced that this upcoming Blue Beetle movie is going to be a character that will be featured going forward in their new DCEU or DCU, whatever they call it. And we still got an Aquaman movie coming out like at the end of the year. So I don't know what they're doing there. I don't know if that's going to wrap up Aquaman. Anyway, so they're in the in the transition period and I have no idea how that's going to work for them. Uh, by the way, critics, 66% score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> okay. Not exactly that high. Uh and audience's 85% audience score. Uh the critics consensus reads The Flash is funny, fittingly fast-paced and overall ranks as one of the best DC movies in recent years. Now, that's not, not saying a high much. Bar. Yeah. Not a high bar. <laughs> so, yeah, so you can say it. Yes. Uh and Let's go ahead and talk about The Flash. Jessica, what did you think overall about the movie The Flash? I thought it was really funny. It nailed all of the comedic stuff, I felt. I was Mm -hmm. laughing and giggling through most of it. And even some of the jokes that didn't land with me, I was like, A for effort. Um, (laughs) I think Ezra (laughs) Miller is a very divisive figure. Yes. And... I think everyone was surprised that they went forward with the Flash, period, with Ezra Miller as Barry. Right. Now, saying that, I thought that Ezra Miller was great in the movie, and I couldn't understand why they had filmed this whole thing. They were like, we can't not have Ezra as Barry Allen because Ezra is integral to the character. He sort of made it his own, and... 
it's very approachable, I think, the character. Right. With Ezra driving. With Ezra driving it. Yes. Yeah. I I think there the movie did a lot of things good, but a lot of things not so good because CGI being one of them, the CGI was pretty terrible. I'm not going to lie. I was taken out of the movie a few times with the uncanny valley that they tried to accomplish. A ton of the movie is CGI, a few sequences I didn't care for. Maybe it was confusing at the end. I don't necessarily feel like you should go in and try and make a lot of sense of it. (laughs) I hate to be that person that's like, yeah, just shut your brain off and watch the movie. But I don't think that they necessarily want you to like hurt your brain over it because multiverse movies are intended to do that to a certain extent. Yeah, they are. As far as how does it stack up against other multiverse movies, it is not, like, it's not great, okay? No, being released so close to Across the Spider-Verse is just a detriment to this movie. Oh, my gosh. My goodness. I don't think it it could recover from being a week or two away, no, two or three weeks away from Spider-Verse. Yeah, one week. Yeah. One week. It's not, I feel bad. Yeah, exactly. And- not even to get into the whole uh, Ezra Miller of it all. Oh, I think we have to, though. We kind of have to at least mention it so we can understand uh, what is going on uh, with it. So here's the thing about Ezra is that there's so much that's happened with Ezra. Um, he has He's an enigma. One of your favorite words. Um but also, like, he has caused harm, uh, you know, he's been accused of doing harmful things to, or they have been accused of doing harmful things to people, and so you can't take it lightly. He's um, a, I think he's a crazy person. Um, I think yeah. Ezra Miller, like, they are a crazy person, because the things that they're accused of, <laughs> and are, you can look up what it is yeah and something about like taking people sort of hostage Hostage and manipulating young people's sexual assault kind of thrown in the mix there uh, just generally assaulting people in public yep i've seen video of of them like attacking people it's nuts yeah it is and each story gets progressively more buck wild do you remember the time when <laughs> we like for like a period of like a couple weeks, there was a new story of Ezra. Oh, every of day. Like, oh, he's in Japan and he did or, you know, they did this. Yes, yes, yes. And oh, no, but he, they were just oh. seen in Los Angeles and whatever, whatever. <laughs> yes, and it was, it was just, like Ezra was terrorizing the, war- the world. It wasn't the just world. one static place that he was that Ezra was in. It was like jet-setting craziness all around. Craziness. Yeah. I know. So, see, that right there, I know, put a lot of people off to watching this movie. Yes. Is they did not want to be supportive of someone who is accused of the things that Ezra is accused yes. of. Yes. So, so I have no problem and qualms with people wanting to state that hey, I'm not gonna be giving my money to a movie theater to watch this movie, mm-hmm. and so that could be part of why the box office is a little light 
for a DC movie. DC is the competitor to Marvel, so they're expecting big bucks, and they didn't make it. But you can tell that they tried their uh, the DC. What is it? Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers. That studio. Owns DC. Yep. Tried their utmost to leave Ezra out of all marketing for the yes. movie, all promo for the movie, because no, like you could not find Ezra anywhere. No, not at all. As as a point to, <laughs> as opposed to where you found Ezra everywhere. Oh yeah. Uh, during this promotional <laughs> run, there was nothing. With the the first time we saw Ezra at all was on the red carpet for mm-hmm. the world premiere. Yeah, just the that premiere. was it. Yeah, yeah, and and it, interactions were limited, and because they know what kind of hot potato they yeah. have yeah. with this, and I would say it stinks that it marred the movie, but I don't think the movie is that great. To correct number one, if it was Spider Verse level, I would have been like, oh damn. Yeah. Damn. But this movie is not that. No, it's this movie not that is. I remember all the hype going into the movie. People were like professing, like, "Oh my god, oh my it's god. one of the best superhero movies yes. we've seen ever." And like Tom Cruise was raving about it, and Stephen King tweeted about right. that. I don't watch Tom superhero Banks movies, but this, <laughs> like, and I watched the movie. I'm just like, this is what they were raving about. Because, like, the movie's fine. I, I think I, I had enjoyable time. And there are some things that are good. There are things that are humorous. Um, and then there's some downright wacky, goofy, what were they thinking <laughs> type of thing. Right. So it's a mixed bag of mm-hmm. a movie. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, so I never understood... Coming out of the movie, I didn't understand. Right. Wow, what were these people watching? The overwhelmingly, watching? the overwhelmingly positive buzz that this movie was getting from, like you said, people, crazy names like Tom Hanks and Stephen King. Like, what is Stephen King doing commenting on the DC right. movie? Tom Cruise. I don't want to sully like Tom Hanks's. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Credibility yes, in, in this. We're getting our Toms confused. Damn it. Tom yeah. Cruise. Yes. And Stephen King. Exactly. We're raving about the movie. They were raving about this movie. <laughs> and then the 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 president, uh, David Zasloff of uh, HBO Max or Max or whatever they're calling themselves, um, was saying that he saw it three times and <laughs> it's the best superhero movie he's seen. Now we know what kind of shitty like taste, taste. this man has. <laughs> that he so how bad was the Batgirl movie? Like if you're telling me oh, that that was unreleasable. Wait, wait, wait. We're taking a left turn and talking I know. about the Batman, the Batgirl movie that never was. Right. For people who don't know, this was a movie that was done. Done. Production finished. It even featured Michael Keaton's Batman. Like he was making an appearance in that movie and everything. And Brendan Fraser was the villain or something. Yeah. He, he was the villain. He but was in it. Production was done. Yeah. And Warner Brothers Discovery, when they made their merger, was looking at the numbers and they were like, yeah, we're not going to release it at all. Not, And it was supposed to be for HBO Max, like a straight to streaming, which that right there still is weird to me because you're telling me that a Bat movie or a movie, you know, surrounding Batman with Michael Keaton is not going to go to theaters. Like that didn't make sense, number one. Yeah. And then now... They're saying, yeah, it's unreleasable. 
I like, think that's just there's the story. no way it's that bad. I just think it's the story because if we're yeah. getting these shitty, I'm not Marvel movies, these shitty DC movies, and you're saying Batgirl is worse? No way. There's no way it's that bad. No way. And I hate to be like, I think I'm closer to the 66% critic score than I am to the 85% audience score for The Flash. Yeah. So it's not that it was the best movie and it's not that it was the worst movie, but on the whole, like we talked badly about Black Adam. We talked badly about pretty much like almost every single DC movie. Yeah. We're not rewatching these movies. These are one and done. I'd rather forget it. One and done, baby. Yeah. So overall, I think that, the movie is it's an okay time at the theater you're gonna have fun if you i think we all had low expectations so when we finished the movie we were like wow that was pretty good that's exactly what i thought is like it exceeded my very low expectations right um i think that having ben affleck for the limited time was uh, fun to have him in there michael keaton great I love Michael Keaton's Batman. You already know my love for for Michael Keaton mm-hmm. Batman because I grew up with that Batman. That was my Batman for the longest time until Christian Bale kind of supplanted him. But seeing Michael Keaton back in the role was so cool. Um, yeah, I really want to give props to Sasha Kaye as Supergirl. I think that that was that's that's a tough role to take on uh, because it is. You you have to be the Superman figure. I thought we would get more. Yes. Of her. I was so hoping that we and would. And we didn't. No, it wasn't enough. It was not enough. Um, the movie kind of sold us on like this would be like a three person like team, mm-hmm. and kind you kind of get it, and it but it's not enough. It's really not enough. Um, overall, we have to mention the CGI. I said the CGI. Okay, you talk about it. Okay, the CGI in this movie kept taking me out, and it is (laughs) god-awful. Like, it is terrible. It stinks. Here's the thing. What's funny is, like, now they're saying, like, it was a choice that they did that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, no, it wasn't. You saw how bad it was. You somehow couldn't fix it, and now is when you're saying, oh, it was purposeful. We meant it to look like this. Yeah, you meant it to look like shit. Get out of here, bro. Um yeah, no, like the the sequence early on where we see a bunch of babies, uh, that entire sequence is just uncanny it is, disturbing. Oh, it's so gross to look it, at. It really is. And then we see that same type of CGI anytime that Barry Allen enters the Speed Force and he goes to, <laughs> he's able to travel time. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my goodness, this is just awful looking. And I can't wait to talk about what happens in that third act <laughs> because the more I think about it, the more it bothers me. Oh, really? Yes. Ah. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, obviously, there's cameos in this movie. There's quite a bit. And it was fun, you know, to see these cameos in the moment. Some of them. Uh, others were a little disturbing for me. It's so off kilter. It really is. It's an off kilter movie. Um, the The way the movie is shot, it's weird because it looks very pristine and like like 
the best cameras in the world, but almost to the point that it looks fake. Ah, you're getting like Uncanny Valley with the 4K of it all. Yeah, with the 4K of it all, it's like Uncanny Valley. Uh, but then again, there's like some CGI stuff that they're doing there as well, which is crazy to me. I don't get it. But anyway, so with all this to say, the movie is It's fine. watchable. It's watchable. You're going to have fun. If you are up on your DC knowledge, you're going to have fun because Even there's going to be not, so many callbacks. Even if you're not, it's easy because you don't have to have watched. You don't need to have watched all of the other movies. You probably don't need to have watched Justice League. Right. Or the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which is for like four days long. You can just come in and watch The Flash and you'll be okay. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, so... Let's go ahead and let's jump into spoilers. But before we do, what did you give it as a letter grade? I think I gave it a C plus. I settled on a C. Oh, yeah. 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 So we're very close. Close. There. Yeah. So we're going to talk about spoilers for The Flash right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain was convincing the world you can't handle the truth he didn't exist oh what's in the box all right and we're back we're going to talk spoilers for the flash um i don't want to run through the movie like just like from beginning to end i just kind of want to hit on the highlights uh i'm going to start negative the the baby sequence at the beginning is god awful it's god awful it's strange tonally yep and they were trying to play for laughs i think we we touched on the cgi but the reason why the cgi is also a little worse for wear is they made a choice and this is a choice um to have barry allen move really slowly (laughs) while everything around him is moving really fast that's the first one which looks bad and then which him running in slow motion is always going to take me sort of out of the movie. Yeah, with this like wild <laughs> yeah, the wild between arm a, an swings. athlete and a person who doesn't know how to run at all. That's what it sounds that's what it looks like. And then the other option is this completely almost time has stopped because he's moving so fast. And this is what the baby sequence is is that Everything is moving extremely slowly. Barry's moving a bit slow through this space and it looks bad. It looks gross. All of the elements look extremely fake. Mm-hmm. The living elements that are supposed to be in this like babies and dogs and a nurse, they look it's straight uncanny valley. Right. The all of it is so CGI plastic looking. Look, the babies look they don't look real they look like they're drawn on they look f- fake like so, even my sister was saying she was comparing the babies to renesme the renesme baby in oh the twilight saga <laughs> blindsided yeah. me with that twilight <laughs> reference i Damn. was like you're right though you're right it, it's it's straight un- terrifying oh my god it's terrifying and then they make that choice to represent Barry's past when he's in the Speed Force, 
using that Uncanny Valley art style it, for any time they're going back to the past. It made no sense for them to have no real footage at all. That doesn't make sense either. That they could draw from. It. And that's yeah. why they just decided to recreate Wonder Woman. They decided to recreate Aquaman and Superman and other people, his father and different characters that you've just seen. It's entirely recreated in the CGI and it looks, it's baffling. It, it's. It is not a good choice. No, it's not. It's really not. It was a mistake. I, I want to hit on something else CGI related and it's the cameos that happen at the end. Okay. And this is this is where it bothered me. This is a really big part of what made the third act really exciting and really odd. Yes. So as Barry Allen is in the Speed Force against himself, because we find the true villain of the movie is Barry Allen, <laughs> <laughs> just an alternate version who keeps trying to save his mom and save his world, his universe. But no matter what he does... He loses to Zod. They mm-hmm. lose to Zod. Supergirl dies. Batman dies. And they can't beat Zod. The world perishes. Yeah, that world is perishing every time. So he's intent on trying it so many times. He He's an old man now. He's an old man Flash trying to... But time is relative. Time is relative, of course. So we don't know how old this Barry is. <laughs> Truly. But here's the thing that... Because he's messing around with his with his verse so much, it's causing problems to interact with the other multiverses. And so we get glimpses of those multiverses before they crash into each other. And we get old man Superman, black and white from the TV series back in the day, George Reeves, Superman. So, And this is not just like... Oh, it's in black and white. No, this is like a recreation of George Reeve in CGI form as Superman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see a, an old version of The Flash. And then we get another Reeve, this time Christopher Reeves, a digital reanimation of Christopher Reeves as Superman. Facial I felt likeness. Like they did use some sort of technology. Oh, yeah, of course. Or I'm sorry, footage. Yeah, they 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 took some type of footage to overlay mm-hmm. on top of whatever CGI animation they were doing. And they did it the same with uh, Slater, uh, who played Supergirl back in the 80s. Um, so this part at first, I so the Christopher Reeves part was spoiled for me beforehand. Uh... And I already knew going into it, I was kind of like, I don't know how to feel about this. We're using the likeness of someone who's already passed away in, in a sequence like this. Mm-hmm. Now, has it happened before? Yes. Like uh, Paul Walker, when he passed away, they use his likeness in Fast in Furious 7. That one I understand. They're in the middle of shooting and they're kind of, you know, like we need uh, to finish it. What was it? Rogue One has one. Actually, Rogue two. One has one. That They have two. Yeah. Yes. They have... Uh, Princess Leia, mm-hmm. which at the time she was still alive. She was still alive, which no problem. But the other one, Grand Admiral Tarkin. Yes. 
he would had already passed away yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, they got permission from the estate that it was good that we could use his likeness to be able to recreate him. I haven't heard of such a thing on this one for Christopher Reeves or for George Reeve. Mm -hmm. It could be the thing that they own the likeness, so they're going to use it no matter what. Mm -hmm. And there's something about it's a slippery it to slope. me. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. How You know, up to what point do we use the likeness of a person, especially if they're dead? Mm -hmm. And I think for Christopher Reeves, wasn't somebody saying that they, no. George Reeve. George Reeve was George the one. Reeve. Yep. That disparaged his role. His superhero yeah. role. Yeah. He never. Yeah, it, to like, the point because he was being typecast as Superman after he was done with it. Superman? Um, yeah. He was, he was typecast as but a Superman type. Reeve. Yeah, George Reeve. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let me explain real quick. So you have two different Reeves. You yeah. have George Reeves. Mm -hmm. we, that is the classic black and white Superman. Mm -hmm. And then you have Christopher Reeves. Of course, mm -hmm. we know him. Superman the movie. Uh, George Reeves was the one who resented playing Superman. And <laughs> yes. And... He, his, he died at the age of 45 um, from gunshot from a gunshot and it was later announced that it was suicide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, apparently this was a man who couldn't get out of the shadow of right. being Superman and he resented that he was tired of it. And so that right there, it's for how someone do you who use that committed suicide? Oh, presumably over such a typecast, what he considered a failed career. Right. Exactly. Then you and, recreate his likeness as and you re this character. Recreate his likeness, uh, likeness exactly. So that right there is kind of, you know, a it's, bit. Um, that's a murky water yeah. that you're in there, right? You know? Right. Um, because how far do you go? How far do you take it? Do you recreate just anyone? Um, like I know that's been a topic that people are saying, like AI and generated stuff. That right there is a slippery slope. Because if you can recreate anyone, what's to stop them from being put anywhere? Mm. Dangerous, dangerous. So, th so that was my problem with that one, especially Christopher Reeves. I feel like it was just such a cheap ploy to get a reaction. To like, have Christopher oh my, Reeves. Right, to have Christopher Reeves because that's mm. the Superman that people grew up with and know more than George Reeves. And having him show up, you know... It kind of felt like, oh, this is this is a way to get the audiences to, you know, really buy into the movie mm. or really get excited at that moment. Because that's all it is. It's just a moment. Um, and then we have one more cameo. Uh, this one was a little more well, surprising to so, people. <laughs> yes. Do you want to explain this one? <laughs> yeah, this one's actually this one. I can understand because this is more of a, it's a what, what if. if. So there was the possibility, and it was like starting production, that it was Tim Burton was going to make a Superman movie. And it was going to be called Superman Lives. And in that movie, the starring character, Clark Kent, Kal-El, Superman, was going to be played by long-haired Nicolas Cage. <laughs> there is pictures of him in the suit. 
you know, doing like the testing and everything. And then the movie never got made. Right. So right. He so they go ahead. <laughs> so Nick Cage is also Nick Cage is Superman. Superman in this movie, which is wild. It's hilarious. If you know the history, it's so hilarious. If you don't know any of it, it is just like, why is Nicolas Cage on the screen right now as Superman, and why does he have long hair? So that is wild. That's it's a kind of like what if, and I that can't is believe an they inside did joke. That is so niche. That is niche. That is an inside baseball type of, like, if you know, you know. <laughs> if not, you're like, was that Nicolas Cage? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, all this to say. Uh-huh. That third act, I think, is, like, cheap thrills. It's paradoxical not- and cheap thrills. Murky water as far as recreating stars who have passed on. Yep. and. I, d- I ultimately also didn't like how they portrayed the different multiverses as planets almost. Yeah, they were their own planets. Spherical planets crashing into one another, different colors for some reason. Like one was green, one was blue, one was pink, and I don't know. It yellow. just seems Adam very... West was recreated as well. Yeah. Uh-huh, we had Adam West Batman. I just didn't quite like it and again maybe had i never seen the 50 other multiverse movies that i've seen i wouldn't think anything of it but now that i have (laughs) it's not working it doesn't work for me no see the thing is multiversal storytelling is very it, it can get very hairy like because if you can always go back and change something, what's where is their stakes? So I understand that it, from a storytelling prospect, it makes it not as interesting as any other type of story. Mm. And but when it's done well, and we only have one example of it, well, two, 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 two movies, two movies. Have shown examples of it in the last couple of years of multiverse, multiversal storytelling. Um, recently, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I think, is a very well done multiverse story. And then Everything Everywhere All at Once. Right. Those are the two. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. And, you know, I don't know what the MCU, how they're going to do theirs because, they're you know, they're building it out. But uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness didn't really inspire that much confidence in it. Because what did they do? Uh, Green New York. Like, that's not really anything fun. And the stakes just don't exist. Yeah. It's just anyway. Yeah, you can scroll back in your podcast feed and listen to our Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness episode. But I think we have to talk about the other Barry, Young Barry. Young Barry. Because this is part of the reason why I loved the movie as much as I did Mm. is because I loved young Barry and all of the comedy that he brings and all of this naivete. And like, I just thought it was really refreshing to see this raw dude get powers and have some fun with it. And then you have the serious Barry who's trying to keep it all together. And the young Barry with the long hair, better Barry. (laughs) Fun flash. Fun flash. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they did no favors to the the original Barry 
the right. older Barry with that hair. Oh God, yes. Oh man, that that oh, hair man. that hairstyle is so terrible. So terrible. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I did like having the two berries because you do see the difference in not only from a different uh, universe but also age. Like did he they is de-age 18. Ezra? Slightly. Okay. Slightly. I thought I was seeing things. I I was noticing it because sometimes the CGI would kind of like crack and it was just like. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> not exactly when they're standing side by side like that sometimes it's uh, just like hm i could tell which one's the fake one very easily damn. but but no no they were definitely de-aging slightly because they had to make him look 18 versus what he is in the movies like 26 27 something like that so slight de-aging um my sister so- also said that they had better twins in the parent trap <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> She's not wrong She's about not wrong. the CGI being such a hindrance. That's the problem when these all these movies like rely so heavily on CGI. When they stitch it together, just the two berries. Let's talk about the two berries because when they the stitch two the two berries together, you're kind of like, you're okay in some scenes and then in some scenes you're like, no. No, this is not working. Yeah. Get them off screen. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know, if, if you had to cut back and forth between, you know, Ezra Miller mm. in a wig and <laughs> just do that. Um, so okay. let's talk about. Let's talk good. Batman. Batman. I like Batman. And I'm willing to say both Batman. But, well, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman was barely in the movie. He left barely. some good lines on the table and then dipped that is true. He did. Um, I think his action sequence is pretty fun. Uh, the fact that we didn't get just like a random solo Ben Affleck movie, Batman movie, kind of sucks that he never got that chance to just not be like in Batman v Superman and Justice League. Just his own Batman movie. Never got to see it. So, oh, well. But I'm not Michael Keaton. for it. Michael Keaton, though. Keaton. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Talk to me. Was, this is your Batman. This is my Batman. Michael Keaton. I grew up with him. I knew the words to the 1989 Batman when I was four years old. I should not have been watching that movie at four years old. <laughs> um, I mean, with lines like the joke. The joke. The Joker saying stuff like, this town needs an enema. Like, I shouldn't <laughs> be saying that at four years old. Anyway. Um, no, but... I think when he gets introduced, like it's it's a good way of showing that it's an aged up Bruce Wayne um, in this world. They don't even need Batman anymore because Gotham is one of the safest cities on Earth. Right. Um, but when he puts on that suit and he, that entire sequence inside of that Russian silo. The, oh, oh, that's one of that the scene. best Batman fights I've ever seen. Ever seen. That I've ever seen. Yes. It is incredible. Yeah. That entire sequence, watching Batman kick their asses. Oh, my God. He's just cooking. And I don't know. That's like the best time that I've seen whoever is in the suit. Because it's it's not Keaton that's inside the suit doing no, all these stunts. But I really appreciated how they just kept the suit, right? It's not very easy to move in the suit. No. He can't turn his head. Can't turn his head. But they choreographed a fight. That made it all seem effortless that you were like, oh, 
okay, this is how you use the suit. This is how he uses the grapple hook. And this is how he gets around. It was very fluid and well thought out. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. And it showed how experienced Batman was Mm. compared to someone like Flash. Flash has powers, but obviously you need someone like Batman who uh, has Mm. all the experience tactical knowledge and can kick some ass <laughs> for real uh so yeah that was uh, such an amazing batman sequence um i'm trying to think if danny elfman's score carrying this movie a that's little bit. also true that's also true danny elfman's score Ro, coming back from the batman oh. movies yes fantastic oh. oh thank god thank god thank god <laughs> that's one of the best i mean we even put it in our movie score hall of fame last year yeah go back to episode 200 you'll listen to what uh songs we put in on our initial list for the movie score hall of fame and that was one of them for sure um anyway so yeah batman i think overall was great in the movie uh let's talk supergirl a little bit i wish there was more of her Mm -hmm. um i think that her sequences were still really good i think she looks great in the suit she is Mm -hmm. a force she is like a jaded character you know Mm -hmm. she's not hopeful she kind of complete opposite of superman a little bit yeah yeah exactly yeah uh so that was really cool to see like the yin to the yang of superman supergirl and their circumstances. Uh, the movie kind of takes a little bit of... There's this comic series. Um, I want to say it's um, Red Dawn. Something along those lines. Where what if Superman had landed in Russia and not in Kansas? Oh. Right. So exactly. Um, and so this movie kind of takes a little bit of that. Just a little bit. Uh, by having them go to Russia to break her out of this silo that they've kept her in uh, type of thing. Um, again, so here's here's another CGI qualm that I have. The moment where they break her out and oh, they go into they the sun. They beef her up in the sun. They beef her up in the sun, but that didn't bother me. What bothered oh. me was the camera's moving around. And before like Batman brings his you know hand down and then you see... Uh, Kara up in the air, right? Yeah. That entire sequence is, I don't know for what reason, but like the entire thing is digitally enhanced. Like you could tell it's fake even when the camera's moving around Michael Keaton for some reason. I'm (laughs) just like, why is this CGI? This doesn't need to be CGI. You can easily just move around Michael Keaton. But if for some reason it was fake and I don't get why, I don't understand it. (sighs) I know it's it's a silly thing, but it kept it like thing moments like that kept taking me out. Well, I don't like the f- ensuing fight with Kara and the Russian goons because it was very CGI. Oh god, heavy, yes. heavy. You can tell that she was almost never used in that <laughs> in that whole no. sequence, like doing any action. Exactly. Anyway, I'll 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 try to stop talking about the CGI. Okay. Uh, so let's go back somewhat to the beginning. We had another let's cameo. Let's talk about his mom. Okay, let's talk about the main sequence. Yes, and this emotional mom. like heartbeat of the movie. 
So the the main cause for Barry's plot is that he is trying to figure out a way that he could save both of his parents because his mom dies in an accident of some kind. It seems as somebody breaks into the house and then his father happens to be there after in the aftermath of her being stabbed and then he goes to jail because they think he did it so he is trying to not only go back in time to find a way to save his mom uh, but he's also in present time you know is there a way that i can save my dad and like even the footage that they're able to find and recreate and like fix and everything they can't prove that it was his dad because he never looks up at the camera so you never see his face so a man who just is living with that burden of not being with either one of his parents and just wanting the both of them, you can see how he wants to do everything he can. Is Barry Allen just a white kid in the comics because Maribel Verdú is from España? And if you recall from watching Pan's Labyrinth, She's yes. the mom in Pan's Labyrinth. She is. And I don't know if you've watched the movie Y Tu Mama Tambien. Yeah, that's another movie she's in. Not to... If you know, you know. But if she's you in know, that, you know. <laughs> but if she's in know, that movie you know. too. She's an icon. And I had no idea that they were going to make his mom Hispanic. Right. I didn't know that either. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're making him a little ethnic here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because all of a sudden they they drop the um, Pedro Navaja. Oh song, yes, La vida te, te da, da sorpresa. sorpresa, sorpresa te da la vida. Ay, yeah, they do that song. She's playing that song in the kitchen on Sunday when she's cooking dinner, and I'm yes. like, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Is Barry Allen Hispanic? Yeah. <laughs> but Ezra Miller does speak Spanish at the end of the movie yes and I was like in his broken Spanish he says that he's like la vida te (laughs) taso (laughs) presas I am so sorry I it was funny to me I don't know if that's saying something about a certain generation that never learns how to speak Spanish Despite growing up in a Hispanic household, or if it's know. just the Ezra Miller couldn't get it together enough to fake it for this one line, I don't know what it is. Like, what are they trying to do? Um, uh, here, here's a funny uh, tweet um, oh that no. somebody played. Oh no! It's hilarious how Barry Allen's mom is Latina and his younger self is played by an Asian actor, but Ezra Miller is just a white guy. <laughs> now uh why the flash director gave barry allen latin heritage oh okay apparently there is some uh, the film's director andy machete uh he's um argentinian okay and then you have supergirl is played by a colombian actress Uh latinos latinos so uh and then get out of my way (laughs) <laughs> I hate like all these pop-ups. Alright, so the reason why, of course, it's a conscious choice, Muschetti said. Andy and I are Argentinian. We are Latin. Uh Barbara is uh Andy Machetti's sister. She's a producer on the movie. She's saying this about herself and of Andy 
Machete, the director. We are Latin, we love our culture, and we love blending it with iconic American characters because that is the spirit of America, a land of immigrants. The reason that they chose to make Barry Allen have Hispanic heritage was because of the familial bonds in Latin families, Machete continues. In the specific case of casting Maribel as Nora Allen, Andy wanted to emphasize the bond between mother and child, a bond that is universally strong, but even more so in the Latino family. So, like, really wanted to lean into the You want to make it stronger aspect. because I guess white people don't have as much strong yo, bonds. Yo! Yo! <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing from those quotes. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> sure. I. As much as I love the casting of Maribel Verdu and having a little bit more flavor, so to speak, in Barry Allen's background... It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really like uh, it's very surprising, maybe confusing in the moment. I don't know. What'd you think? I mean, here's another I, I still case. I found is it that- so weird when, like, when I hear the Hispanic music and I'm just like, wait, is she, <laughs> is she supposed to be Hispanic? Right. And I'm just like, oh, she is. Right. So. Barry Allen is half Hispanic. Like yeah. it threw me off for a second. I was right, just right, like, right. not that like, there aren't we're... mixed kids. Of course not. Of, of course. similar, of similar mix. You know. No, there are one hundred percent. I'm saying yes, but I agree with your point. In the mo- in the moment, I it was jarring. Yes, exactly. Ugh, oh my god! So weird. So weird. <laughs> um, is there any but other Aquaman major? Aquaman is the to- same, right? Aquaman. Yeah, he's like yes. of. Pacific, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Pacific yeah. Islander, yeah, descent, and Samoan, so yeah, Samoan, like and that. then his mother's Nicole Kidman. So, I yeah, mean, that's true. There those, you go. those mixed families, <laughs> those mixed families, man, those mixed families. Um, we had another cameo. We had an appearance by Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot. Yeah, yeah. The, like that one. Burn hey. it, the way that song violently comes in it's violent it really is it's i love gal gadot as as wonder woman i think like man i really hope they're not going to because like apparently their planned wonder woman whatever they're doing isn't for years away so this might be the last time we ever get a chance to even see her as wonder woman uh which is a shame that it was in a cameo Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we um, also had another cameo in the Shazam sequel, Fairy of the Gods. Yeah, exactly. The last two appearances. It does feel like they're trying to finish up her contract with however yeah. many appearances she's She has to be. seven appearances and she's <laughs> like, well, get me in there for five minutes. Just finish out Just that sign contract. Sign the check. <laughs> exactly. Sign that check. Um, and... F- Another sequence that I thought was pretty funny was when older Barry helps new Barry get his powers and then old Barry loses his powers. (laughs) And like that entire sequence of him trying to explain to younger Barry like, hey, you have to do this. And then like he's gone and Mm -hmm. he's off and he's running around and his clothes catch on fire because he doesn't understand. Oh, wait, these clothes can't move at this speed and friction and all that. So. I thought that was a fun sequence. Um, 
And then the the last sequence that I think I want to talk about is with his mother at the end when he makes the decision. This is very the, sad. Yes, it is. I'm going to put the tomato can back uh, because I know that I can't save her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not meant to be. It's a canon event. <laughs> no, it's not canon event. It's They called it something else. They call it something else. But, but canon like, event. I'm using the Across the Spider-Verse terminology of <laughs> canon event. Um, as soon as I walked out the theater, I forgot what they had called it. Yeah, neither do I. I, yeah. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, that moment where he confronts his mom, meets her, and, you know, is pretending to try to be someone else and... She comforts him. Yeah, because it's his last time that he's going to get to interact with his mom. Right. Last time. Right. Before she dies. So, yeah, that. So it was sad. It was sad. Uh, Poignant moment. And man, what is it with uh, what is it with the DC heroes and their moms, you know, either dying or almost dying? And Martha, why'd you say that name? You know, like (laughs) (laughs) mommy issues, man. Yeah. Anyway. Pervasive. uh, Do you have anything else about the movie? Uh, Clooney? Okay. We can end it on that. Yeah. Um, Let's do it. So when he comes back to this new multiverse, because we've learned in the movie that going back, you're not really going back. You're kind of going into a different uh, verse. So even one thing that you kind of alter can alter other things so when he goes back to his own timeline it seems like everything is fine his dad everybody's the same and then bruce wayne calls him on the phone how did everything go everything went well blah 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 and then bruce wayne steps out of the car (laughs) it's not michael keaton it's not ben affleck it is george clooney Batman and Robin <laughs> version, bat nipples, Batman. Yep. Uh, that was a great call. I'm not going to lie. I think the theater just started howling. It was so funny. It was. People were expecting another Batman anyway. And, yeah, they were. you know, Clooney. It's I, I'm George glad Clooney. that he was willing to do it because I know he's talked about it too. Like, I know I'm the guy who ruined Batman. Like, he, he understands it. So, uh, but I'm glad that he was able to have fun with it and come back. And that was, that was a fun time. Yeah. So overall, enjoyable movie. Enjoyable. Uh, not Franken- even going to be. They've even Frankenstein flash at some point. Yeah, they did. They did. Some was, older flash. Yeah. My goodness. This movie <laughs> was all over the place. Um, most likely, it won't even be the top, in my top five of the summer, most likely. But <laughs> no, no, it won't. It's already like sitting at number four for the summer anyway. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And there's still quite a bit of summer. Barbie Oppenheimer. I mean. That right there. That's Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. <laughs> you already know my stance on that. <laughs> so so overall, enjoyable movie. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this movie, please let us know at Always Critic Pod. You could tell us on the socials. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can find us at Always Critic Pod. Uh, while you're there, uh, or while you're listening to this episode, go ahead and check out all of our episodes on your podcast feed. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. 
the Always the Critic podcast. You can find us there. And if you've done all that, go ahead and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. For less than a cup of coffee, you could go ahead and support the show so we could continue making great content for you guys. Next week, I cannot remember what's the movie next week. No, I can't remember either, but stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. We will uh, announce it through socials, what we're going to talk about next. But in the meantime, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic podcast. (laughs) 